This is The Ignition Show, an after-show edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to The Ignition Show. I'm Chris Jansen, host of The Ignition Show, and today is what we call our after-show. It's a special episode where we look back at the most recent interview and pull it apart to see how the ideas have impacted us. Us, by the way, refers to my wife and business partner, Sarah, and I. We're learning too, and not only have we created this podcast to help provoke, inspire, and fuel your greatness, but we're on our own journey. We want to learn and grow as individuals and as a couple, and we're human too. We have days and moments when we're crushing it and plenty of moments when we're not. So the After Show episodes are here to deepen the learning, deepen our application of the ideas, and to accelerate our collective route to our greatest aspirations and an extraordinary life. We're excited to be on this journey with you side by side, moving forward with the entire Ignition Show community. It's time to ignite the spark within you. So let's get to the episode. Today, Sarah and I are going to discuss what we learned and what stood out for us in the conversation with Lucas Miller. We'd love to hear what stood out for you too. So please go to our Facebook group or join if you haven't yet and let us know what you learned from Lucas that impacted you. You ready, Sarah? I am. So one, this was so timely for me because you're talking about habits and how do we make habits stick and all the nuances within that and of course Lucas comes from a very scientific background but he made it really practical and one of the things that that stood out for me is that I I know you had um, you had this conversation kind of a couple months into the year and you were already talking about okay so why do habits already fall off after making New Year's resolutions and Lucas's response was because we try and do too much at once. And that resonated with me because when I reflected on the past, I know, several years and small changes that I've made in my life or big changes, it's often not always been at New Year's. You know, I have these grand plans. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I create these long lists of things that I want to do or accomplish or change throughout the year. And it ends up being too much. I, I become overwhelmed with it. But when I reflected on the things that I have been able to change, like for example, um, last summer I decided that I was going to meditate every day, and apart from a few days here and here and there, that one small change has made a massive impact on my life because I've been able to stick with it. It was mm. one thing that I did out of you know my entire day or entire week, and I've been able to to stick with it. And that was Lucas's point: was that oftentimes we try and do too much. And so we fall flat on our face. And he said something later in the interview that kind of explained it. Yeah. And it was so powerful and it really resonated with me that I, I wrote it down. He's like, because society now doesn't glorify small changes. We never mm. hear of Fortune 500 companies saying, mm, we tweaked what we did in you know receiving and that's made a 1% difference in our profits. You never hear of those stories. We always hear of the the guts and glory stories. But then when you hear the backstory, it usually took them 10 years to get to that point. Yes. But we focus on the guts and glory. Yes. And when I think about how that impacts my own life, it makes me think, okay, I need to go back to that one change in August versus the 10 changes I want to make in January. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's already out of the gate. Yeah, I really appreciated how, how sharp Lucas was and is in his thinking on here's the really breaking it down here's the things you need to understand here's the things you need to recognize and here's the things you need to do and those you know those reasons off the top of his head as you mentioned taking on too much at once uh he also mentioned about um going from not at all 
to all in. Yes. Like I'm not exercising. I want to exercise six days a week. And one of the things that I often recognize or often get into conversation with in the, a lot of the workshops I do around behavior change is, especially when dealing with high achievers, that usually high achievers are very good at putting their mind to something and making it happen. Right. But when it comes to personal behavior change, changing habits, changing rituals, changing the way they navigate their days, um, that there can be an over-reliance on, I know how to do this, I'll make it happen. And then you, you stop and ask people a couple months in, and they're like, well, I kind of sort of started. And, uh, and with that as well, the, Lucas's point about people don't change their environment. And that really resonated with me as we're sitting here in the office and I'm looking around some stuff when you, we've, we've talked a lot about clean, clearing out some of those office, some of the, the baggage and legacy from our recent move and trying to be more focused, for example, my day to day, focus on priorities, focus on being productive and yet having a lot of shrapnel from old projects and things that are lying around. And, and uh, I could, that certainly resonated with me of, hmm, it made me pause and think, well, yeah, there's a few point, points in our house where we want to change our environment. We've talked about our health cupboard in the kitchen, uh, which has some shrapnel and some stuff in there that doesn't need to be there to make it easy for us to set the environment up so we aren't either tempted with choices we don't want to make or actually direct us towards the choices that we do want to make. Completely. And when he started talking about environment as one of the key ingredients for affecting change and making change successful, the thing that came to my mind, it's interesting that you went to the things that you're surrounded with. My mind went to the people I'm surrounded mm -hmm. with. And I think of, you know, in high school when you're, you know, um, I played sports, so I wasn't as tempted with this, but that's when most kids start smoking. If they do end up a smoker, that's when they start smoking because all the kids around them, it's peer right. pressure. It's, right. you know, everything it's the else. Cool kids are doing. That's it. No, exactly. That's exactly it. They don't actually enjoy the smoking, but it's, it's the emotional environment that they're around. But I think of changes that we've tried to make or, or have made. It's often required. If you want to make a change, it's often required a conversation with me to make sure that I will support that change. And I just think of, you know, very, um, you know, a few weeks ago, you're like, you know what? I feel better waking up at 6am and you get your morning routine in and you get your day off to a great start. But that required a conversation because there were days that I just wanted to cuddle in bed for half an hour. <laughs> yes. You know, the alarm would go off at six and I'd be like, oh baby, let's, I'm, let's I'm cuddle. I'm blazing, ready to take on the day and I'm lying there not being fully present. Complete, not being present with me, but also feeling conflicted, you've mentioned, yeah, yeah. Re feeling really conflicted, like, oh, but I, I really want to dedicate and and commit to this new habit of waking up at 6 a.m. and get going with my day. And I wasn't always supportive. Until we had that conversation, I wasn't always supportive of that unknowingly. Yes. And I, I, I'm going to give myself a, a pass on this. Unknowingly, I wasn't being supportive of that new habit that you wanted to make to, to change. Yeah. So it's, for me, that resonated when looking at your environment, it's who is around you? Who, who are you living with? You know, whether it's family, whether it's uh, roommates, who are the people you're associating with socially or, or extended family? And who are your peers or colleagues that you're, you're um, surrounding yourself with for the majority of the day? Yeah. Are these people... I mean, we talk, we hear a lot of, you are the five people that you surround yourself with. Well, 
this is why. Because if you try and change, it's so much more difficult if the people around you haven't already made those changes or trying to make those changes with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I, I also love what, how we build on that of um, in many points of the conversation where I kind of said, well, what if someone is in, you know, has a different perspective and rather than saying, you know, rather than Lucas saying, well, no, here's what the, you know, here's what the, the is proven that these are the steps to go through where he often started with, which I think is absolutely correct. It started with a great question and having a candid conversation with yourself. Mm. So start with what's your history been with making that kind of change or in this area of life um, or, you know, breaking that kind of a habit. What's your history been? Let's have a convert candid conversation. Otherwise you end up relying on sheer kind of guts and willpower and hope and, and optimism. And um, as is often said, when the stakes are high and often we make changes because we really want to change the trajectory of our life, when stakes are high, hope and optimism is a flawed strategy. You've got to really set yourself up for success. So asking yourself, you know, a bit of a recurring theme in some of our recent conversations of asking high quality questions, being radically honest, having, having a candid conversation, but what is it really going to take? You know, I, um, I had this conversation actually with myself last night, as you know, I went to a cafe locally and I was just like, okay, we've got a lot of stuff going on right now. We have some major new things that we're working on, some exciting new business initiatives, um, two new exciting business initiatives. We're putting a lot of effort into this podcast. We've got a, a baby on its way. And I think these are three major things that are coming into our life. It's not, it's not going to be a question of just tweaking and optimizing and being bet, quote unquote better at a, a little bit better at everything. It's like something, if three new major things are coming in, something fundamentally has to go out. Yes. At least for a, a, you know, a given time frame. Some things have to be deprioritized. Some things have to be eliminated. Some things have to be sacrificed. But I don't, I don't really like that word. It's more of a conscious choice to say, I'm not going to spend time and energy on this because I, these other things are the absolute priority. Yeah, exactly. The other thing that came up for me um, just listening to the conversation was the idea of the idea that to make that radical change often requires pain. Mm. So you can look at it two ways. It can either be you're pushed against pain, you know, away from pain or you're drawn towards pleasure. And in our case right now, there are a few things that we're drawn towards, you know, new business opportunities or um, shifts in the business that where we want to take it to, to a new level and baby coming on, you know, baby on the way are things that we're looking forward to. I reflect on some of the major changes I've made in my life over the past 10 years. Most of them have been around pain mm. where I was dissatisfied with where I was, um, you know, or, or physical pain where I remember, I don't know, almost 10 years ago, there was a summer where my bowel, like my GI system, I won't get into details, but <laughs> my for, GI system, conversation with GI system. <laughs> but my GI system was not functioning well. And that's where I cut out gluten and carbs and red wine and all these things that made me feel better. And it took several months of physical pain and emotional pain because it was sometimes embarrassing to to make that drastic shift and it still wasn't that easy i still had to and this was the interesting thing that that came up in the interview is sometimes we have to reframe 
what we think we believe. For example, mm. I loved, you know, brownies and cookies and dessert. And after a while, it made me realize, oh, it's because as a child, my mom's way of showing her love was often through food. So we were rewarded for good deeds or good mm. grades or, you know, a good day with a cookie or a brownie or a dessert. And I really had to shift my way of thinking. And I remember it so clearly, there were days where I had to literally think of that brownie as poison. Hmm. It's not a reward. My mom was wrong. It's poison. I cannot eat it. But it really, it, it took that, that level. I mean, that's drastic and that doesn't all, it's not always no. necessary. But no. for me at the time, it was very necessary to really reframe those old habits into something that was considered a reward in my life to something that was painful. And then once I did that, it was no problem to make that shift. Mm. It was no problem to, to say no to the cookies, the bread, the, you know, the, the gluten for me, that's what it was. Um, because I, I, I had a new association yes. of that thing or that food to pain. And then it was easy. And Lucas, it was interesting to hear Lucas say that oftentimes pain is um, the catalyst for change because we have that new association. Yes. We recreate that association. And if you don't have that association, oftentimes we have to create that, that new association to pain to make that change. Yeah. No, I agree with all that. It makes me think of uh, uh, what came up in the conversation with Lucas as well, of this idea of poking holes in the logic the logic that you've been holding or the yeah. belief system that you have, just like you described with your mom. And it's, um, you know, his point about looking at the past, the present and the future is a really, really helpful exercise to both associate. If you don't change, you know, it's a conversation with yourself. It's a, if you don't change, what's going to happen. And you got to go deep on that. Like to really kind of get the leverage on yourself and the impetus to really make this change um, if, especially if it's a change that maybe you're, you're humming and hawing on or you, you really, really want, but you're obviously not doing what you need to do, is to go levels, levels deeper of if, if, it, if you don't change, like what really will happen. And some people might like, kind of slough that off and say, well, yeah, I'm going to be unhappy. But when you start to really go deeper on that, like in happy in what way, what is that gonna, how are you going to feel every day, what is it going to mean to you, what is your relationship going to be like, what's your progress in your career going to be like, you start to stack all these reasons why not changing is going to be super painful, harmful, and totally disconnect you or derail you from the life that you really want to have. Sometimes you've got to put that leverage on yourself, and um, that's what overrides. That's when you don't long you you don't need willpower when you have clarity, and you've got. I kind of I kind of hate using the word motivation at times because it's overused and it comes sometimes can come can be a bit cheesy. But you sometimes you need to dig deep. And stack a lot of reasons to, to clarify that motivation, yeah. Because the uh, the the not let alone the neurology of sticking in your own comfort zone, your old ways of doing it, and breaking old habits, is deeply embedded. But also, there are so many distractions in our lives that can take us away from navigating newness when our minds are already overwhelmed from all the stuff that's coming at us. Completely, and I think, I mean, there's a psychological.
for you and who do you see yourself as? And I thought it was really interesting to hear Lucas talk about oftentimes to make these changes, these major life changes, whether you know, you're a smoker or you know, you're drinking too much or, or you're, you're not fit. I mean, these are all health related, but maybe you're not successful in business and that's been your identity. It's to recreate your own identity in your mind because then you will start acting like that new identity. Mm. Or at least, at least it creates a path for you to act. Yes. Sometimes that's a lot of work to identify a new identity or a role model or you know, some sort of figure that you want to be. Um, but at least it gives you a target. Completely. Completely. And for example, it's way more effective. Like if you're a smoker now, it's way more effective to identify as a non-smoker than a smoker who's quit. Right. Or I'm trying to quit. I'm yeah. trying to quit. Yeah. yeah. So There's if you no try. Exactly. Exactly. But if you completely change that identity or from someone who's a couch potato trying to go to the gym every week to no, I'm an athlete, mm. automatically, psychologically, that has a major impact on your actions and behavior. Yeah. And it was interesting to hear Lucas say, and this was another thing. It was interesting to hear him say it's easier to act yourself into that identity than to think yourself into those actions. Yes. So, and this has come up on in more than one interview that we've we've had on the show. It's one thing to think something and and have the intention. 80% of it is actually taking action. Mhm. So even if you're not there yet, and I know you made you made kind of a flippant joke about, um, are we? What did you say? Um, do you fake it till you make it? And to some extent, yeah, you just you start acting that way, and your identity identity starts changing, your your thoughts start changing, and sometimes all it takes is are those concerted actions. Yeah. And I think also for people who are listening to this right now and maybe reflecting on if you've listened to the conversation with Lucas is sometimes when I'm coaching people and we have a similar conversation, sometimes people go too far or they they try to, you know, fake fake something that does not feel genuine and there can be a misalignment there. Right. So if anyone's listening to this and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I've tried that, it doesn't work" or or you know, I'm skeptical around that, the key really in that is to find Either you know de decide who you want to be and get very clear on what elements that that is, or if you want to kind of fake it till you make it and try to like what would um, you know what would this famous person or this mentor of mine what would they do or think in this situation is it's really important that you you pick the parts that you you believe that you actually can do or there's, there's some there's there has to be a level of belief in it uh, even a belief in you're faking it. So if I'm maybe I have been a bit of a couch potato to be go from couch potato to athlete might be a stretch, but maybe it's I don't know who whoever it might be maybe it's someone you know personally or someone maybe famous it's like you know maybe Oprah right she's over the years she's been famous for her her body transformation both up and down, um, but so she's not perfect, but she probably will give it a try, and so maybe. I want to be an athlete, but first I'm going to be Oprah, just giving it a try, and that's not not caring what other people think, and um, just dabbling in it, or just like taking baby steps to begin with. But I'm on the path to becoming that identity. That's it. Right. So so maybe 
going from couch potato to athlete, but maybe it's couch potato to someone who walks every week. Exactly. Or walks to work. Exactly. But for some people, going from couch potato to an athlete identity is what's going to work. So again, it comes down to the individual and, and recognizing what, what's important for them or what works for them. What's going to motivate you in the, in the moment? Yeah. And where are you feeling the most pain right now? Yeah. Yeah. So I think what, what my kind of main takeaway from all of this and for the listener is here's, you know, here's the truth. Here's the cold, hard truth. All change is possible. And if you're struggling with change and you're stuck in old habits or you haven't established new habits, there is a way. And Lucas outlined so many super practical, both action steps, but also mindset shifts that absolutely will make a difference. And if you are struggling, you really owe it to yourself to have a candid conversation with yourself and decide what is the strategy I, or, or get clear, what's the strategy I have been trying? Maybe that strategy is, there is no strategy. And experiment with some of the things that have been highlighted here in this conversation, because there is a way. It is possible. You can't achieve what you're after. Um, you just haven't found the right strategy yet. You know what I would love to hear from people on is what have been their greatest pain points? Like what's been the thing that's, that's shifted their life the most in a, in a specific, um, specific area of, of change or new habits or, or anything? And what, so the pain would be what they're being pushed away from. But I'd also love to hear the the counterpoint of like, what are they being drawn to? Mm. And sometimes that's just as, just as powerful. If it's a big enough why, as we know, then that will overcome a lot of stuff. I would love to hear from people what changes they've made in their life. Um, as small as they may be, you know, for me, it was, a meditation practice every day, which at the time was super small, but adding that up day after day after day, it's made a huge impact on my life. Yep. And to the point where there are days where you're like, uh, have you meditated? Maybe you should, because you see the difference. <laughs> uh -huh. It's such a small, small change that I made that made, that had such a great difference. I would love to hear from other people on what small changes they've made, what's made it happen for them, how did they do it, and how it's benefited their life. Great point. So how can they let us know? Oh, two ways, two great ways would be to either join our Facebook group and let us know in the Facebook group. We are monitoring that. That's kind of where we live in terms of interacting with the community. The other way is to go to the website and go to theignitionshow.com forward slash connect. And there's a place, and if you want to leave a voicemail, there's a place where you can actually record a voicemail and we receive those. We would love to hear from you. It's one thing to see it on the screen. It's another thing to hear your real live voice. So we would love to hear from you either way. And yeah, we just love hearing from you. Yeah, and we want to incorporate some of these, uh, some of your messages, your audio voice messages, uh, and your questions you have into our shows. We'd love to hear what you learned. So as Sarah said, go to theignitionshow.com uh, slash connect or to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So there you have it, our after show edition, following the interview we had with Lucas Miller on making habits stick. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave a review in iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We read every single review and comment that we receive and respond to as many people as we can. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, Whatever you hope for and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, 
and you deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen, and this is The Ignition Show.